0: Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Roto World Football Podcast. Now, usually you would be hearing the dulcet tones of Mr. Josh Norris at this point in the show, but he unfortunately is unavailable this week, so you are stuck with me. And for that, I, I certainly apologize. But in better news, the part usually played by me on the Tuesday podcast will instead be played by the great Roto Pat himself, <laughs> Mr. Patrick Darty. So one out of two is, is not bad, I suppose. Before we get to Pat, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps us in the rankings, it helps other people find the show, and we very, very much appreciate it. But with that out of the way, let's get to Pat. What's going on, man?
1: What's going on, Ray? I was worried you were going to say Josh is no longer with us for a minute. And like,
0: oh, wow, what a tragedy. Uh, but <laughs> the a, good news... What a turn. Josh is
1: either A, fired, or B, dead, but at least I'm here, um, so... <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> yes, that took you. You took that very dark <laughs> yeah, for literally no reason. Hey, you know, there's it, literally no reason to go that dark, and you just it's did. week sixteen. You know, uh, so <laughs> that's
0: where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, we uh, no, we're here. We made it to week sixteen, and if you're listening to this, I hope you're still alive in playoffs. I assume you are, if you're listening to this. And you know, we did get a few questions, not the normal flood, not the normal avalanche of questions when we send it out on Twitter. We did get a few, so we're going to get to those for sure but josh always likes to start with a non-football question and our colleague the great tess quinlan provided us with a great one a timely one a festive one she would like to know if we could be characters in any holiday movie which movie would it be and which character would it be so i'll let you take this first
1: um i can't remember his name but uh who, that's a good. Who start. is the uh? I would be a Hans Hans from Die Hard. Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber from Die Hard is who I would be in my Christmas movie.
0: <laughs> you just um, you just wanted to get the Die Hard as I a did, Christmas I movie I did. yeah. didn't you? Um, yeah. maybe
1: uh, no. I'd be Hans Gruber. That's that's the only option really. Uh, I'm not like uh like physically fit enough to be Bruce Willis, so I'd have to settle for Hans. <laughs> and my Hans would be benevolent. I wouldn't be like a terrorist. I would I would completely play the part differently. <laughs> So
0: you would you would change so you would be like the you'd be like the entertainer at the Christmas party. Yeah, that's okay. and So Bruce Willis would never actually get together. Yeah, exactly, it would actually just yeah. be a
1: very light-hearted uh, Christmas film from 1988 <laughs> that had been forgotten for over 20 years. And it would be like
0: a very special episode of Moonlighting.
1: Yeah, pretty, like mo- that's essentially what you would do. Yeah, that's my Christmas movie character is uh, yeah, non evil Hans Gruber.
0: <laughs> I. Yeah, I would be, I think that anybody listening to this podcast and these questions that I've been asked all year knows exactly who I'd be. I would be the Grinch <laughs> from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The Jim Carrey version, I would certainly be the Grinch. And I've, I've never, I have an extra grand here. I've never liked that the Grinch was painted as the bad guy in that story. This is a town of people which systematically bullied him and demeaned him for years. And then they rub it in his face, his otherness. They rub it in his face every year with elaborate over-the-top displays of materialistic excess. Like, it's just this worst. And he swoops in, and as, as the hero of the movie, he swoops in, teaches them a valuable lesson about the true meaning of Christmas, and he is painted this bad guy. I don't accept that. I, I would definitely be the Grinch. I think that the Grinch I think the Grinch is in the right. That's my big Yeah, take He's just
1: movie. he was ahead of the curb on uh, fighting the rising tide of frivolous consumerism. So yeah. the Grinch, yeah, he's a hero,
0: actually. He's a hero, yeah. The Grinch is a hero. That's that's the takeaway here. Uh, so I guess we should talk about football. It's, I it's mean, a very, 16... very weak
1: sixteen takeaway, by the way. <laughs> the the, the yeah. Grinch is the hero <laughs> of the story.
0: That's right. That's right. After we've watched uh, paper gate catches not being catches then we might as well just we might as well talk about the Grinch but we have to talk about football and we took some questions on Twitter there were a lot that came in and, and we really appreciate them but I picked out a few that are, that I think are interesting and I think we need to get started with the quarterbacks at this point in the year good teams are probably only looking to the wire to stream quarterbacks and tight ends so let's get started with those and Seth Beamer asks a good one about Aaron Rodgers he says you know, if he plays, which we can talk about that part of it, if we he plays, what are our expectations for Aaron Rodgers? And then a little bit later, we'll get to some of the streamers if he sits. But first of all, do you expect him to play? And if so, what are your expectations for
1: him? Well, the Packers promoted Joe Callahan from the practice squad on Monday, which is typically an ominous sign, but I just have a hard time believing that If he's cleared for week 15, why would he not be cleared for week 16? Maybe he was only 80% healed or something. I think maybe there was speculation he could play 80% healed. But I I get the feeling if the Packers were truly worried about further injury, he would not have been cleared. So my guess is that he's healthy and that he's a a warrior competitor, whatever cliche you want to bust out there, and that he's probably going to play. But he certainly didn't uh, make it sound for certain on Sunday. You know, the fact they even allowed that it was a question is uh, obviously interesting. But m- my gut is that he will play week 16.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that, too. He doesn't strike me as the kind of player, and I could be completely wrong about this, because could be reading the situation incorrectly, but he doesn't strike me as the type of player that's going to say, yeah, that's fine. No, I'll no. Uh, I'll just sit this out. Like yeah, I, I, I'll sit on the I'll sit on the sideline. I mean, typically,
1: yeah. if you're the kind of personality that is going to win two NFL MVPs, you're not really ever sitting on the sideline if you're physically able to play. So yeah,
0: especially since before he came back, they were talking about. I think Clay Matthews said something to the effect of, "We shouldn't even have put this guy in injured reserve. Like he was ready to play then." So I, I'm very dubious of this idea. But it is a good question. You know, what do you do with him? He didn't play particularly well against the Panthers through some passes that we you know we just don't see Aaron Rodgers throw and so maybe he was just shaking rust off but that was a bit concerning and the matchup obviously against the Vikings is is not very good so so what are you going to do with him if he does end up playing yeah it's a it's a
1: forbidding matchup and he made yeah I mean obviously threw three interceptions for the first time in eight years so I think it's fair to say he was rusty the, the second interception he threw I mean it was like Like, truly a pass you would just, like, never see, like, normal, quote-unquote, Aaron Rodgers throw. So, but, yeah, he's physically, to me, I mean, his arm didn't appear diminished. He was not afraid to take hits. He was running around like Aaron Rodgers. And I think after kicking that rust off, so to speak, even in a tough matchup, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers ever really lower in, like, the QB 8 to 12 range? So, maybe give him, like, a 4 or 5 spot dock for what we saw on Sunday and how good the Vikings defense is. But, uh, I would be, I mean, I, I, if he's playing, I will be ranking Aaron Rodgers in the top 12 in my quarterback rankings for sure.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned it. He didn't play well, and he still threw three touchdowns, yeah. right? And yeah, he's still... that's, that's pretty typical Aaron Rodgers, I, I would guess, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, he's right now heading into the Monday night game. As as you guys know, by this point in the season, we record these for the Monday night game, but heading into the Monday night game, he's the QB7, I think, on the week. He's going to finish no lower than the QB9, obviously, and probably probably higher than that, so... I, I don't know why, I just don't think you can sit Aaron Rodgers if he's playing, especially, lead, this leads us into the second part of that question, especially if you look at the streamers who are actually available in leagues. Now, Blake Bortles is available in 46% of Yahoo leagues right now, so he does not qualify for my waiver column. I did make a note in there and said if he's available, he is the option. That, if you, if you need a streamer and Blake Bortles is available, That's the guy. People talk about Case Keenum. I've been mentioning Case Keenum. Case Keenum's owned in 75, 80% of leagues. He's not really out there in a lot of leagues, but yeah, he could could be an option or would be a very good option as well on the other side of that Aaron Rodgers matchup. But other than that, I mean, what are the options? You get Joe Flacco, you get Tyrod Taylor, you get Nick Foles, not really exciting. So, kind of out of that group, who are you interested in?
1: I guess that's got to be Foles. I mean, fresh off uh, throwing the four touchdowns, you know, the Eagles kind of they're going to be in like kind of like a kill mode, basically. If they win, I think they clinch home field advantage and you know, the Raiders. You know, of course, the Dak Prescott couldn't like really take the lid off the Raiders, so to speak. But we know it's a defense that you you know even Nick Foles could take the lid off. It's a home game, you know, Christmas night, Monday Night Football. I think it sets up pretty well for Nick Foles. And, you know, Nick Foles is not a starting level talent, but he's one of the better backups in the league. He's got a a plethora of uh, weapons at his disposal. And I think if you're truly in a streaming situation for the fantasy finals, Nick Foles is probably your best bet. Besides, uh, I guess, Blake Bortles. And I was just thinking in my head, if I could take uh, healthy Blake Bortles in a great matchup, Or injured, possibly injured Aaron Rodgers in a bad matchup, I'm still taking possibly injured, bad matchup Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I still think I would start Aaron Rodgers with Blake Bortles. And like I said, he is the best streaming option that's out there. On the Foles versus, like Tyrod Taylor is out of the equation for me because he just... He hasn't been very good this year, at least recently, although, you know, he did get back on track against the Dolphins. And he really hasn't been good since his debut. He threw three touchdowns in his debut against the Patriots, his first game against the Patriots, excuse me, as as a member of the Bills, and then hasn't been good since that he's thrown I think, one yeah. in the last and six games. So
1: I was gonna say that's kind of a famous start too. So that kinda of, like sticks in people's head, I think, when you think of like Tyrod Taylor versus the Patriots. But yeah, they have had his number. Um more than they have not
0: yeah so I'm he's out of the equation I think it really comes down to if Bortles is not there and you really need a quarterback are you going to chase the upside of Foles in an okay matchup although I think the matchup with the Raiders is overstated you go look at what they've been doing on defense recently. they've improved they haven't really been getting shredded no they have improved but personnel wise you still kind of gotta like it yeah no I, I'm not saying it's a bad matchup by any stretch but I don't think it's like a gold matchup like like he had last week but you mentioned that The weapons are there. The upside is there for Foles. Or do you take the floor play with someone like Joe Flacco, who is in that good of a matchup against a Colts team that you know was shredded by Brock Osweiler of all people? Right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I I had the
1: great pleasure of covering that game. Uh, you know, wonderful, uh, uplifting NFL football. Uh, I mean, if there's a, if we're gonna play this game, is there, is there a concern for Flacco that you know the game isn't very close? And they're almost two yeah, touchdown exactly. favorites and. I Mean Mike Wallace playing you know, arguably his best football as a Ravens, so I guess that's good. I mean a great matchup for him. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be I agree that Flacco probably is the floor, but I mean what Joe Flacco's ceiling even in a great matchup is probably like two touchdowns, right? I mean there's but you know Well
0: he's shown it. It's two hundred and eighty yards exactly. That's it. That's what you're getting from Joe Flacco at the best. And the fact
1: that, you know, they won't even shed like Buck Allen from the running back rotation, they're gonna have three guys just, you know, getting touches all day. So yeah, that's that's the concern with Flacco is that just uh, even against the Colts, he has a hard ceiling.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think that's your decision, Foles versus Flacco. Do you want to chase upside, which is what I would do, or do you want to chase the floor and and kind of see see how it works out? And that pretty much paints the picture about why we're hoping that Aaron Rodgers plays yes, this yes, week yes. because because it's it's not it's not very good out there. Let's get to the other. I mean, the big news story of the weekend. This question comes from Mark C, who would like to know how Antonio Brown's injury affects the other Steelers. And I would say. Um, in general, it affects the Steelers negatively. Is that a is that a hot take? Uh,
1: no, to be honest, this has been one I've been waiting to un- unveil all year. Is that uh, Aaron Ro- Antonio Brown preventing Eli Rogers from playing 100 percent of the Steelers' snaps is basically one of the biggest travesties, <laughs> travesties in NFL history, and people are going to find out this weekend. I mean, he got he got that one touchdown, man.
0: <laughs> exactly. That, so exactly, it's, it's the start of something for Eli, and Rogers. he also had a very
1: good, weird, somewhat lewd tweet in uh, the, the past day or two, <laughs> so that's also working in Eli Rogers' favor.
0: We're going to move right past that one, but I uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously Antonio Brown might be the best player in the NFL. He's one of the best players in the NFL, best wide receiver in the NFL. This is a downgrade for the entire offense, but you know what they did after Antonio Brown left, where they just, especially in the third quarter, they just put the game in Le'Veon Bell's hands, and he really delivered in that quarter. I think he had something like, I can't remember what I'm made something like 53 yards rushing in that quarter, had a touchdown, basically drove them down the field. You could see a lot more of that, but the problem they have is, well, now do you really want to risk Le'Veon Bell? Because James Conner, he's out. They lost him in that game. He's probably out for at least the rest of the regular season. Who else are they going to give the ball to? It's, it's a really tricky situation. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger, whose ceiling is obviously lower without his best wide receiver. And could we see him go back to that kind of 30 attempt guy that he was kind of in the mid part of the season when he was really disappointing from a fantasy perspective. So, you know, it's it's bad all around, I think. Maybe Bell gets a, a slight tip up, but for the passing game, I think it's pretty much bad all around, right?
1: It is bad all around. They do have thankfully have a, a kind of a rippable matchup in the Houston Texans Absolutely. obviously. And uh you know what we're seeing is you know, around the trade deadline it's kind of like why why are the Steelers you know putting up with Martavis Bryant why aren't the Steelers trading Martavis Bryant why don't they just cut Martavis Bryant you know, you know I guess this is why um, stuff happens in NFL football and so you know like you said there's nowhere to go but down from Antonio Brown but they still have a, have a reasonably solid even if throwing I me mean, kidding earlier even throwing Eli Rogers in there you know reasonably solid three receiver set and uh I mean, again not comparing at all to what it's like with Antonio Brown but so Ben still has you know both Juju and Martavis Bryant are like huge play threats and the, the Texans are a defense that will give you opportunities to make huge plays so the downgrade but I'm, I'm not going to be full-on fading Ben Roethlisberger I'm not sure you know, Juju Smith how aggressive are we going to get in, with him in the ranks you think like the 16 to 20 range uh maybe off the top of the head that makes sense but uh so I'm, not, I'm, yeah, I'm This is my very long-winded way of saying I'm not going to like full-on fade the Steelers passing attack this week.
0: No, I absolutely agree with that. I'm just more, this is an overall what do we think about Ben? But yeah, we even talked about it in the last last segment, right? There aren't any quarterbacks out there. So you're playing Ben Roethlisberger, you're playing Ben Roethlisberger over Blake Bortles, I would think. So so I think that you're playing him in that, uh, again, great matchup on Christmas Day against Texans. And I agree with you about Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's going to be a top 24 receiver for me, definitely. I don't know how much higher than that you know, he, his stat line looked really good against the Patriots, but he had that long catch at the end that made it look a lot better. Yes. But if someone's going to get targets, I think it's going to be him. Cause you talked about Martavis Bryant. The The thing about Martavis Bryant, which was weird in that game is he really didn't see his snap share grow at all. In fact, he saw his snap share go down in that game, even in the game that Antonio Bryant left and it's not like opportunity has been the real problem for Martavis Bryant. It wasn't the problem early in the season. He's been playing the snaps recently. He just hasn't taken advantage of them. Now he did against the Patriots. He had that great catch down the sideline. He had the great one-handed touchdown catch. He took advantage of those situations. But I'm, I'm on the fence here. Martavis Bryant basically ran the same number of routes as Eli Rogers and Darius Hayward Bay against the Patriots. Like His role did not really expand. And I, I think there's a chance that he, he's going to be a little bit overvalued this week.
1: It's not a bad take. I did not know. I I actually had not realized that his snapshare didn't yeah, I would have me like a fantasy football luddite. I just would have assumed it went up uh, no matter what. Um but you know, Martavis Bryant, he's gotten a little more efficient lately, but yeah, he's kind of like this year been like the rich man's like Zay Jones, you know, not really like <laughs> cashing in his opportunity. Man
0: just hating on martavis bryant i do bryant. Love, i mean
1: that, that's sad because i love martavis bryant and i unfortunately had a fairly high number of hashtag shares of martavis bryant this year they didn't really uh return value for me but uh yeah you know he'll he'll get opportunity. I mean, even if uh his even if this uh snap share doesn't like in- increase exponentially or whatever he's going to be on the field with more than enough opportunities to make plays and and uh, you know the first guy Ben Roethlisberger looks to when he wants someone to make a big play is Antonio Antonio Brown it's not going to have that luxury so i i think i'll probably have i might rank Martavis fairly aggressively maybe like the wide receiver 28 to 32 range this week i think i'll
0: probably have him lower but i understand why you would because again we come back to the matchup all of this is kind of all of this kind of doesn't matter because the matchup is so good against the Texans yeah i mean
1: Keelan Cole 186 yards you <laughs> know
0: Exactly. So we saw we saw what those guys did. This is such a good matchup that, yeah, I think I, I will be starting... I'm definitely starting Juju Smith-Schuster. I will probably be starting Martavis Bryant in, in most leagues. But I just... I feel like we need to temper expectations a little bit on Bryant, at least. Speaking of those Jaguars wide receivers, Jonathan Webber wants to know, is it crazy to start both Jaguars receivers? And, and in both, because Marquise Lee looks like he's going to be out. He's talking about D.D. Westbrook and, the previous mentioned, Keelan Cole... This week against the 49ers. What do you think?
1: You know, the matchup is appealing. I mean, the 49ers kind of somewhat revived Marcus Mariota, uh, which was, you know, uh, had become one of the more, still is, one of the more dispiriting quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, you know, even after what we saw Sunday, I mean, we st- we still trust D.D. Westbrook more than Keelan Cole, right? Or do we? I
0: Yes. I, I really think you do. I think that because of what we saw with the volume and what D.D. Westbrook had been doing going into that game that looks a lot more like a a blip on a line that is still trending upward than it does than it does, hey, this is what things are going to be like in the future. It just seems like he was the guy, was the guy, was the guy, and then Marquis Lee leaves and then just Things happen. Yeah, so no, other guys make big plays. They stop throwing, and he just doesn't end up with the big game you expect. Yeah,
1: we when guys leave hurt, it, like a lot of times, like, a lot of times what happens like when someone gets hurt, I feel like weird stuff happens in game, and then when you know the team has a week to kind of game plan and prepare for you know star player being out. Then things kind of unfold more how you would expect than this kind of. I don't know the dynamics of how it unfolded, but yeah, I do not see. Uh, the Jaguars receiver core unfolding like that again this week. And and Keelan Cole, I mean, he's made, it wasn't the first time this season he's made plays. So certainly would not be, I'm not going to like say Keelan Cole's unstartable or anything, but I'm probably, I mean, are you going to, I don't know if I'll view Keelan Cole still as more than a wide receiver for.
0: Yeah, I think it's tough with him because like you mentioned it, we've seen this before and before kind of Westbrook showed up, before he came off injured reserve, Cole had been getting a lot of the targets that Westbrook was getting, so we've seen some high target games from him. We've seen some big plays from him. He has now three. He has a touchdown in three straight games now. So it's not like this came completely out of nowhere. Obviously, that level came came yes. completely out of nowhere. And I think if you look at this game against the Texans, I mean, he ran three fewer routes. Than, than Westbrook so it wasn't like there was this huge disparity and he just ha- happened to catch a long play now the the mitigating factor here could be Alan Hearns but I think we're both- I was just gonna say
1: it would be very 2017 fantasy football for like Alan Alan Hearns to suddenly be full practice on Wednesday and
0: uh yeah kind of ruin
1: everything we want you to get healthy Alan but you know what I mean
0: yeah no exactly but I think we're going to both operate under the assumption because there has been no indication he is anywhere close. No, to no he's gone
1: like he's gone like radio dark. It's kind of a strange situation for an ankle injury.
0: Yeah, the only good news about his about it is they haven't put him on injured reserve, which suggests that they do expect him back at some point, but we don't know when that is. So, yeah, so we'll, we're going to operate under the assumption that Alan Hearns isn't back. And if that's the case, I, I'm going to like Westbrook more for sure. And I'm going to have him, I'm probably going to have him in a similar range to Juju Smith-Schuster, to, to be honest with you, in a, in a kind of a similar situation. But Keelan Cole, I'm going to have him, I'm going to have him as top 40 wide receiver, I would have to imagine. And we'll have to see how my rankings shake out, but maybe even a, a little bit higher than that, simply because this is such a good matchup. And we've seen him get those targets passed. And we've seen the Jaguars use two wide receivers. So I am, I'm kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit, excited about Keelan Cole. Not like crazy excited. I'm not going to start him over, I don't know, I'm not going to start him over Mike Evans. We'll see what Mike Evans does tonight. But but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit excited. Yeah, I mean, there's isn't he? He's averaging, like I think, like 20
1: yards per catch or something. I mean, it's something crazy. Something crazy. He kind of yeah, goosed yeah. Yeah. by, even two weeks ago, I think he had kind of like a very high ypc game just thinking thinking in my head like for reasons to be negative about the jaguars which like i like said they actually have supported two wide receivers pretty much all year but i was thinking you know so they we had these kind of like huge out of nowhere games from the jags uh on sunday uh against the texans team this just you know headed in the complete wrong direction kind of folded up on 2017 and i just wonder if you know if they're going, it's in San Francisco, I believe. So they're going across country against the you know 49ers team, but like kind of like the literally the exact opposite mojo yep. of um of who who are we talking? Who did the Jags kill Sunday? The Texans, the 49ers are like the the bizarro reverse Texans right now, and so you know maybe uh it could be more of a a floor game for Blake Bortles but even a Blake Bortles floor game this year he's you know been getting pretty consistently like at least two receivers like six to eight targets so I think the the target share will be there uh, at the very least the target share will be there for both players
0: yeah and then we'll we'll have to see what they do which hopefully for for me Westbrook come on
1: yeah come on DD and World employee Anthony Costa really needs this one
0: uh (laughs) that is that is completely true He really needs If anything do it for Anthony all right, Pat. Thanks so much for you know coming on 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 sort of short notice. Came on here on the podcast. Killed it, killed it as always. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I mean, I
1: can't resist the uh, opportunity you know to hear the sound of my own voice. So I had to, <laughs> I had to say, say yes.
0: Oh, do you like me to do the? In- hey, uh, uh, uh,
1: no that that impression does not exist. That's that's <laughs> fake news.
0: Uh, you can follow Pat. On Twitter at Rotopat. Make sure you do that. You can also follow me on Twitter at RM Summerlin. Remember to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. And we'll be back to talk to you on Thursday.